I'm Henry. And I'm Dylan. And this is the movie podcast for me and Henry. Talk about movies. And today um, we have something very special for you. We mm-hmm. just watched Slither and we just decided to do an episode because uh, it's fun. So mm. there's no rules this episode. No rules. No. Going off the rails. We're going off the rails. <laughs> uh uh, yeah, so normally we watch the movies on our own uh, twice, do write thing. some notes, do a little research, do a little dance, make a little love, get down tonight. Um, this time we just watched a movie together because occasionally we do that. Uh, and As we do. We, we enjoyed it so much we figured we'd um, record a little episode. It yeah. was a flop, so we could have done a flop episode, but frankly... I didn't feel like doing all the extra research to explain yeah. why it flopped and it only... because it's, <laughs> it's also, it's, it's a pretty simple story. So this is kind of a flop episode, but it's mostly just a little yeah. bonus funsy. They only lost $3 million. They made it for $15 million. So like, it's not too bad. Uh, but this movie is, uh, I'd seen it before. Henry, mm. you had not seen it before. I had not. I had not even heard of it. Yeah, um, it's but, one of those ones that it has a quite a bit of a cult following that not a lot of people yeah. have heard of. And I get it. I, I understand why. Sometimes you hear something's a cult classic, and for me, it kind of sets off alarm bells. Like, ooh, it's it could you be know, bad. Half the time, it could be really bad, and just has a certain charm. This is actually a genuinely good movie that I think maybe it just hit at the wrong time. Um, some of what I've done in my very very brief research kind of makes it sound like audiences weren't sure how to respond to a horror comedy yeah um that sounds about right because yeah because it's it's funny but it's scary so you i think Shaun of the dead and a lot of like the um simon Pegg, nick frost movies pioneered that not long after this not pioneered they're more those films are more self-aware this is exactly. kind of lives in its its yes. stupidity, you know. And I think those maybe landed easier with people because you you get it right. Like yeah. it's those leaned even more into the comedy. I'd say. Um, so I they have were a, kind of this a little entry point for a lot of people. A quote from James Gunn, the director who Ooh. made this, wrote and directed it. Uh, and so Disney saw this and was like, "This is the guy to make our superhero movies." Uh, anyway, he said in terms of the the um the tone um i lost it. here it is uh nathan fillion recalled him telling him that we're making a funny movie but we're not making a comedy and i it, i think that's like a good point for this movie is like and especially when you're going for a tone of something that's like goofy and stupid but not outright a joke you know like you, you are yeah. kind of writing this line between like horror homage while just having a ton of fun, you know? Yeah. Well, and how many 
like Coen Brothers movies, could you argue, oh, it's a comedy, but it's it's not, it's not what most people would approach as a comedy, especially uh, some of the darker ones like uh, um, A Serious Man. Yeah. Incredibly bleak, incredibly dark, but it's also one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Would I tell it's someone, comedy? hey, do you want to watch this fun comedy tonight? Like, no. No, it's just So I, I really movie. like that. Yeah, the distinction of, or even something like um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is hilarious and the action is so delightful, in my opinion, because there's so many gags. Yeah. It's not just, you know, one set piece after another. It's, there's, you know, someone pulls their arm back to punch somebody and they end up elbowing their buddy who then falls off the boat and then it's they classic. have to go, like, jump in and get him. It's it's just got that funny kind of line through it. Yeah. Um, one of the other things about this that's really, really noteworthy is it is, um, according to journalist uh, Steve Palapoli, Palapoli, um, he's talking about when the trailer came out and how people just immediately were like, oh, it's it's just uh, you know a ripoff of Night of the Creeps, alien slugs that turn people into zombies. What a ripoff. Um, and he's very quick to point out that this movie is a tongue-in-cheek pastiche of at least a dozen 80s horror films. Yeah. Um, which it it gets into that a little bit where it's very much an homage. It's very much to a everything. I was seeing a merry-go-round so many of yeah. And, and we kept like, like laughing because there's all these left turns and all of a sudden there's elements of zombie films in it. Yeah. And then, you know, there's body horror, there's there's Cronenberg flavors, there's That's what was so cool all is sorts like of things. I well, I first saw this like 5 or 6 years ago and my horror journey was just beginning. Um and recently, I've obviously watched a lot more scary movies, so I know the like iconic looks. And this time around, when I watched it, there's like the scene in the bathtub with the the little slithery thing, and that shot between mm-hmm. her legs is like Nightmare on Elm Street, like yeah. very specific. And then the shot of when they're all glommed together, and like the the goop, the big. Michael Rooker at the end in the big like fucking thing with all the people is like there's this movie that I've yet to watch but I've seen shots from called Society from the 80s and it's about these rich people who end up like glomming together and having these weird like orgies and stuff and like now that I once you like know horror history watching this movie just takes on like a whole nother level of like Man, this is just yeah, chock full of like let's take it all and put it into one big movie and move as fast as we can to get to the next thing. Yeah. And we've we've talked in the past about um movies doing that and sort of building on their predecessors and kind of this pulpy sort of I don't know, some people might think of it as like lowbrow uh very low homage brow. pastiche is like yeah. a kind of, you know, cultured way of saying it, but it's it's that sort of thing where it moves fast, like you said, and it makes a lot of references to the mm-hmm. genre. And for me, it just kind of bolsters that. Um, yeah. It's kind of the same delights you have. I mean, it's, it's something horror films exploit really well is you know what you're getting into because you go, ooh, Slither, like what's it about? Oh, it's about aliens that come from space and, you know, take over people's brains. Yes, good. And you're expecting something from that, which you can either lean really into and people are happy because they got what they wanted, Mm -hmm. or you can 
subvert it and delight people because, oh my gosh, why well, I also get, you know, body horror. I get, you get all a zombie it. movie. I get like the classic, like town sheriff and the, yeah. you know, the lady like fight off the hordes of, you know, the whole deal. The whole deal. Um, I think that's what's so incredible. And it is the whole deal. Is like, I told Henry while we were watching it is how impressive it is that there's so the the aliens have so much to them like in terms of the rules to what they're doing to people and mm-hmm. it is explained and uh brought to your attention very uh very expertly it's not convoluted even though like if I were to try to explain it to you it's like so these aliens came down, and then they shoot things into one guy, and then that guy impregnates some lady, and then that lady explodes, and then these little slither things come out, and then go into people's mouths, and then turn them into like zombie mm-hmm. things that shoot venom. Like it's super but convoluted. You, you get it visually, I because yeah. I noticed halfway through. I didn't really even notice you said that, but I didn't really notice that the logic was so easy to follow until the teenager almost gets taken over but fights back and we see what she's saying and she catches this glimpse of what this creature's past is like and gets the whole story and then she kind of becomes the Rosetta Stone you know I can explain everything tell you what's going on character which is cool but and I think it it still works and it's still good and even that is its own little cliche that's fun to kind of bring into it is the character that's like I've seen it I figured it out what they're doing yeah yeah but it was working really well. Um, like the visual storytelling of, you know, something shoots out into somebody and it freaky like burrows <laughs> into them. And then depending on how someone acts and him being like meat, 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 meat. And just, yeah. And, you know, stockpiling meat and all of a sudden pets are missing. And yeah, you don't really, no one needs to explain the logic because it, it makes sense in that way that it is, it's, you know, it's 2006. So it's building on. Yeah. Probably close to a century of cinematic tropes. I think that like allow it to move so organically. I think this would have done a lot better if it was released like 10 years later or like 5 years ago. Yeah. Cuz like oh, yeah. all, uh, like us as a generation are so much more like media conscious, I think that this yeah. would have played a lot better. Um Yeah. But who knows? I I couldn't say I was only 11 at the time. Which is pretty wild to think about. <laughs> um, so yeah, other movies that came out. Um, wow, another year of at least a lot of Bangers. recognizable films. Yeah, uh, Borat, uh, The Prestige, Babel, mm. Monster House. I never saw that one. The that Illusionist. Really fun. I forgot that The Illusionist and The Prestige came out the same two, year. Yeah, two magic and, movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Children of Men, Casino Royale, Pursuit of Happiness, Stranger Than Fiction, Deja Vu. Them, The Departed, Accepted, hey. um, Pan's Labyrinth, The Host, uh, Lady in the Water, 300, The Da Vinci Code, Rocky Balboa, wow. The Covenant, Apocalypto, Southland Tales, your favorite, hey, you. <laughs> Inside Man, <laughs> Silent Hill, Smoking Aces, Aragon, uh, oh, The Last King a... of Scotland. We need to do that. We need to we have do. an Aragon episode. Yes, Sweet we do. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes, Blood Diamonds, Little Miss Sunshine. So, like, a lot of Talladega Nights. Big, big year for movies. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm, I, I'm honestly still a little surprised that, you know, this it didn't did so bad. find its place. Yeah. Like, let me look up. Um, I'm just going to look up Edgar Wright's. His oeuvre, his whole deal. Because I. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead, 2004. Yeah. Hot Fuzz, 2007. I think like, those what are the fuck, guys? More, like, I, I think those are just more. Um, they're less crude, first of all. They're more slick. What? And they're more like. Crude production wise or content wise? Content wise, in terms of like language okay. and like. This is a foul mouthed movie. It's a, like. That's what I would call True. it. It's disgusting. It's really fucking gross. There's a lot of really. Isn't fun... Shaun of the Dead though? I mean, Shaun it's of the Dead's are. It's a zombie movie though. But like you know, heads yeah. are exploding. This is like, there's a lot of that guy calls so many people cocksucker, and it's just like like that's not yeah, something in Shaun of the Dead. Like it's just vulgar and like extra gross because there's a lot of weird body mm. stuff and like. I don't know. This movie feels more like skin crawly in terms of its tone and kind of gross. Not in the like gross out way, but in like the kind of a gross dude way, you know? Um, Whereas Shaun of the Dead is like fun, slick zombie nod, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I... I feel like Evil Dead is also very, you know, horror comedy. And obviously Sam Raimi, that's kind of his mm-hmm. his deal, his shtick. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it really it really seems like we didn't start seeing a lot more of this until 2010 onward. That was a bit more successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just in terms of the horror horror comedy and kind of towing that line. And what nowadays, is, yeah. I feel like it's it's kind of everywhere. Like a lot of things. Um, I mean, I watched uh, Assassination Nation somewhat recently, and I think people are realizing if you throw in the element of comedy, it's it kind of does the double duty where you're because uh, obviously horror you can pack a lot of yeah important shit into the movie and kind of Trojan horse it in with some weird shit, and it's like oh, but it's about capitalism. Yeah, um, need to be horror <laughs> comedy in it. It really starts doing double duty where you're getting people to laugh and you're yeah. getting it all in there. I think this does something a little different than like horror comedies today or something that is a horror comedy. Because I, I wouldn't even, I don't know if I'd define this as a horror comedy just because this you just, does. You just think it's a really funny horror movie? Yeah, because this hits a line. Was saying. Well, this hits a line of why this is like a modern version of why people like me, like why I like to watch like bad horror movies or like cult horror movies because they're unintentionally funny because Mm -hmm. sometimes the special effects are really weird and goofy and maybe not perfect or the lines are pretty funny and dumb. Whereas this chose a line of like, this is just a really funny horror movie because the special effects are kind of stupid, but they're gross but they're kind of dumb, like when Michael Rooker is 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 trying to eat that cow, and it's like flopping around, and he's kind of got the floppy arm. It's not like yeah. overt comedy. It's just like weird special effects that kind of make you giggle, you know? I think it's, and, and I think that's the other thing that I really respect about when comedy sort of finds its way, or these funny elements, humor, I should say, just finds its way into, you know, the Raiders of the Lost Arks, mm-hmm. the 
you know, movies that are in these different genres that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to be funny. It's an extra layer on top of something that just adds intentionality, right? Like if somebody's thinking about how can we make this dude's floppy arm funny, (laughs) like while it's on screen, you're, you're putting that much more intention into it, which I, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to go wrong when you're adding extra layers of intention. You know? Yeah, because this it, it, um, th- this movie feels like, and with every good movie, I think you can feel people like the passion coming through, and mm. this movie just looks like a boatload of fun to make. Like, I, oh it, yeah, like this is the goal for me as a director when you're watching something, and if it makes you giggle, like spot on. Because like I remember there was an interview with with somebody from Last Jedi. And they were so one of the like the production designers or something, and they were like, you know, you know, you've done it for Ryan Johnson when you show him something, and he has this little giggle of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that's it, you know, and like yeah. I this that's delighted what, sort of like childlike. how cool is this weird shit we're making? <laughs> yeah. And that's this whole movie for me is like I can just imagine James Gunn on set watching something and being like <laughs> so yeah it's just too watching weird. michael rooker probably get strapped into that weird prosthetic <laughs> costume and be like how you doing buddy he's yeah, like right? i hate you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but it, it it makes me think of in terms of horror comedies i just watched recently happy death day which is like yes kind of a horror comedy but that one pushes too far into the like comedy zone for me where I'm like, mm. this isn't really scary. It's more overtly trying to be a comedy. Whereas I this, was going to ask yeah. you if it's easy because as I'm saying, Oh, it's, it's really cool. And people add, you know, humor to different moments and stuff. But horror is one of those genres that there's that danger of getting in the way of your main objective, which is being a horror movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I, I think if you have a horror movie and there's funny moments that when it's less funny, it makes it scarier because if you lull someone into, oh, it's scary, but it's funny. And then you have a moment that's just scary. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's like the drop on a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, I'd say. The... So I was going to ask you, you've seen way more horror than I have. Like how often, how often is humor involved and how often does it um, detract from the scares? Um. It kind of depends. I think I think this movie does a good job. The one like true scary scene that they have is in the house with the teenager and the family when the the bugs start coming yeah. after, and that one's actually yeah, that, pretty that fucking scary. Yeah, like that's like a scary scene. Um, but with some movies, the humor just kind of undercuts whatever is going mm-hmm. on, which isn't really great. It it just again kind of depends on the tone that you're trying to set. You know, with like mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead, I can't think of many moments that are really, really scary. Yeah. It's Which I think is fun. why you put it in a different category in your head. Like, I think that's yeah. why that, it kind of speaks to what, um, I, I can't remember who it said it was, producers or somebody, whoever was speculating why Slither didn't do well. And they were saying, well, it's because people didn't really know how to peg it. Yeah. Um, and... I think Shaun of the Dead was an easier choice because it markets itself as a comedy. And I I remember being young and someone saying, let's watch Shaun of the Dead. And I didn't like horror movies. I thought, I can't do that. Same. And they said, no, don't worry. Yeah. It's a comedy. And I went, oh, 
great. Oh, okay. I watched it. It was a little spooky, but it was very doable. Yeah. And I think this, it's much harder to make that claim. Yeah. Um, it is gross. It, it, this is like yeah. quintessential, like, if you set out to make a B movie, right? Mm-hmm. That's not like a, a cult classic B movie. This feels like what you would make. Like, if your intention mm-hmm. is to make a cult classic with that intention in mind, this mm-hmm. is it. You know? Great acting, yeah. natural script, funny lines, memorable scenes, great effects. It's just pure stupidity humor. sometimes. Pure stupidity, <laughs> yeah. Leans leans on some tropes in a in a way that feels comfy and good. Yeah. It really checks the the boxes. It really gets the job done in that sense. <laughs> checks the boxes. Checks the boxes. <laughs> that sounds so procedural. But it, it does. It, it's yeah. you know it. And I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to watching. There's that movie um, that's coming out soon about the small town, and there's a werewolf, and there's the sheriff. That's like, what's that? You don't know? Okay. Um, ah, oh, man, I'm, I'm gonna try to find it. Um, but anyway, but it's a similar thing. It's it's the whole thing about small town. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Fucking, what do you call it? The Wolf of Snow Sp- Hollow. Yes, thank you. Um, and I've the writer director is also plays the sheriff and it, it just looks really funny oh, um the trailer is basically on... him is being out. like yeah oh yeah I oh think great so. let's watch yeah. it um but the the whole trailer is like people are dying in these gruesome ways and everyone's like i think it's a wolf and the guy's like <laughs> like I, I don't know man. I don't know. And they're like i think it's a werewolf and he's like werewolves don't exist and he's like increasingly getting more and more desperate and it just looks oh that's... silly and and fun and that looks very yeah. fun. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, sick. He's the guy who did visual effects for Captain America Winter Soldier. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. I mean, I, <laughs> on my, the, the short film that I just made, I had never worked with special effects before. This is a bit of a tangent, but mm-hmm. this is the first time visual I'd worked with, sorry, visual effects. This is the first time I've ever worked with somebody doing visual effects. And my God, it is incredibly difficult so like i have a lot of respect for dudes who like work in visual effects and then start directing movies because like the type Mm -hmm. of lingo that you have to have with people to describe textures because you're basically creating something out of absolutely nothing so you have to be incredibly articulate with the way that you describe things it's uh mad respect for people who make yeah it's a whole new world. Uh, visual effects, yeah. I feel like I feel like it's too. I went back to two thousand one, and I I just learned what visual effects are. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but speaking of visual effects, uh, mm. this movie kind of holds up. It's surprisingly well. Yeah. We were we were laughing because the whole movie is is incredibly compelling, and I I'm guessing the. The amount of prosthetics and different things they did was pretty high, particularly for the people. The prosthetics are really, really great. All They're the really the good, very effects. Cronenberg, yeah. very spooky, like hair in all the right places, like goo. weird uh, goo, yeah. and yeah, it's it's so so nasty um, in a very body horror way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and even the the little slugs and the alien stuff. Um, maybe it's because a lot of this happens at night and I know that, you know, visual effects can be a lot more compelling in low light situations, but they did a great job and they kind of knew what to show and what to cut away from Mm -hmm. and those sorts of things. I think the only shot that we were kind of laughing at that wasn't 
um, as right. good or it hasn't aged as well is the, you know, the climactic explosion when uh, Grant Grant gets uh, blown up. <laughs> yes. Michael Rooker's so good in this. He really. He's so good. He's really fantastic. Meat. Mm-hmm. Meat. Um, yeah. Do you got anything else you want to say about this guy? Because, like, I, th- this is just a, a 30 minute uh, endorsement. <laughs> Of this movie. Yeah. If you're looking for something <laughs> fun and gross and like I mean Nathan Fillion, I, I forgot. Oh yeah, Nathan Fillion. I forgot how much I enjoyed watching him do his work. He's um, just uh, he really brings me back to the two thousands though. Like oh, whenever yeah. I think of him, I think of like Firefly and that whole generation of like T V and, and movies. Yeah. It it made me want to go back, it made me want to watch Firefly. It made me I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> just, just nostalgic. I, know, nostalgic. I, I miss Nathan Fillion. Like I just I I feel like I haven't seen him in a while. He should have, especially been... um, the uh, Uncharted movie just finished. I was literally they just wrapped. About to say that. Well, yeah. So he should have been Nathan that movie's Craig. been in development for twelve years. So the the game came out in November two thousand seven, and they went through seven directors and in all picked... that time. Who who's directing it? Um. Some dude. I don't know. It it sounds it's it sounds like you are not as excited about it. I'm not, I'm I've become Ruben Fleischer. Ooh. Yeah, I I'm not a fan of the cast. Zombieland Double Tap, thirty minutes or less. Venom, uh the first Zombieland. Oh Lord. Unicorn store with uh Brie <gasps> Larson. Oh, I really liked Unicorn Store actually. That was a nice one. Oh, wait, no, I lied. Uh, Brie Larson directed that. He produced yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think she made that. I was like, what? Yep. Sorry, Brie. I didn't mean to steal your thunder for a split second. But um, you know that Marky Mark is in. Uh, I do. Yeah, he plays I think Sully. I've just become, the moment I saw Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, I thought about Nathan Fillion, and then I, I think I made the decision, I don't think I like Tom Holland. As an actor, I think he annoys you, the shit out of me. But you have such a, such a large Spider-Man-shaped chip on your shoulder. Here's the thing. Man. I do. I do have that chip. But I have seen him in other things. And mm-hmm. he gives me, like, he gives me a, a, like, I'm acting vibe. You ever get those vibes from people? where They've kind of got those looks and they feel like they're aware of the camera. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't get it from him so much. Okay, that's but, fair. But it, it is the kind of thing, like, I, this is so specific, but I need him to be in something and have stubble or beard. Yeah, yeah. Because he always like has baby. the same hair, and he always has the same beautiful, clean-shaven face. I think he's just too, his facial structure is too perfect. I'm like, go away, man. <laughs> I mean, Stop he, up, he, up he shit looks, showing us. <laughs> He, he, he looks normal enough. It's just he always looks the same. Like, I haven't seen him in anything. And and I even watched, you know, um, The Devil. What's what's it called? Oh, the one with uh, Rob The Pats Devil All the Time. And his weird yeah. accent. <laughs> his weird accent. Yeah, I I, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it was very dark. Uh, yeah, definitely, like, warning for that movie. Very intense. Um, yeah. But even... Doing all this, like you know, shooting people and doing things. Tom Holland in that movie just Pretty feels good. like Tom Holland, but, 
but angry, you know, like <laughs> but angry. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like it's just. I mean, I don't that's know. cool. Um, I guess I'm also just no, bitter. And it, it works. I just I just need to see him with facial hair or a different haircut or something because so far he he's had the exactly same. the same look in everything. I, I I guess the casting just kind of throws me for a loop because even Mark Wahlberg as Sully feels we I love me some, I, I some Marky Mark, but like But I don't I don't want I like Marky Mark in the sense that like I'll watch things he's in and be like, yeah, whatever. But when he's in new stuff, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. no, that's right. Yeah. You still exist. Can we not? I mean, he's <laughs> he's good in very specific roles. He's he's brilliant in uh, yes. the other guys. He's really fantastic in that. When he's put in mm. a good role, he's a lot of fun. But this, yeah, I don't know. And look, <laughs> I don't want to be I don't want to be the person who because I I mock everybody that you know decries a casting choice and says that well, something's going to be bad I could without be seeing wrong. any of it. I could absolutely I could be, be wrong, wrong too. Yeah. Totally. Like he could be great in this. It could be amazing. I don't want to set myself up to be an idiot and I don't want to do the thing people always do with Batman where they're like Ben Affleck? <laughs> Robert Pattinson? <laughs> what like, the shut, fuck? Shut up. Like it's going to be okay. Like yeah. just wait and see. And if it's not, it's not. But you don't have to be the person, you know, yeah. a year out going, mm, I don't know. So, I don't know. Yeah. I'll give it a chance, but I it, it feels like, you know, when there's a party and you didn't not invite someone, but you, but, <laughs> but like you didn't yes. expect them to be there, and they show up, and you're like, oh, hmm. mm-hmm. that's Marky Mark and Uncharted for me. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing here, man? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I guess we didn't tell you you couldn't show up. But like, come on. <laughs> I guess yeah, I guess this is fine. But all right, you're yeah. here. I mean, it could be great. Yeah, I guess beers over there. I guess just like video game movies never have really turned out. The Tomb Raider movie was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. I don't really have an attachment. I still to need the to Tomb watch Raiders. that. Ben Mendelsohn was the bad guy in that, right? I think so. Uh, I actually liked it a lot. Uh, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, it's not great," and I'm like, "Hey, I don't know. I liked it. I don't have a huge connection." So, hmm. um, but I I fully expect this. Uh, I don't know. You know, video game movies have never really worked out. I haven't really seen one that's really been. Well, since we're so far afield, do you do you want to just jump into the question of why the fuck that is, or should we save that for another? Um, I'm gonna another say w- we can say one thing each about it, and then we'll we'll bounce. Okay. Uh, I think the best video game movie made to date. <laughs> this is gonna sound wild. Is uh the first Jumanji remake. Absolutely fantastic video game movie because they get sucked into a video game. There's NPCs. The Rock, right? Yes, the one with The Rock, yeah. Because there's a certain thing about video game culture that you cannot can't achieve the feeling of in a movie if you're being serious. And everything about that video game involves the culture too. You can't really separate the two, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's why we've never really gotten a super successful one because it's hard to separate video game, the the memes and the culture about the game from the game itself, you know? Yeah, my thought was is very related. It's um, it's just that it's, it, it, it's the problem with adaptation from any medium to another medium, comic books to movies, that mm-hmm. there were growing pains and they had to figure out how to do it. And you don't actually see a lot of like 
comic book storylines going directly into a movie because it doesn't really work. It's it's too goofy. It feels weird. It doesn't actually translate. You have to come up with original shit with those characters. Mm -hmm. Books, you know, the length is usually off, so then the arc of the story is kind of fucked up if you try to go from a book to a movie instead of a book to a show or whatever else. Yeah. I think with video games, it's part of what you're saying. We're like... There are, there are funny things about video games like NPCs and the frustrations of trying to deal with them or yeah. the nature of side quests and the nature of grinding and the nature of like yeah. doing the things you need to do in a video game world that you're constantly aware of like uh, limitations yeah and you're constantly kind of judging a game for the ways in which it could be better. Absolutely. But you're also in love with the world and you're partially in control of it. So I think watching video game properties and you have no control over what's happening. The storyline is incredibly linear. There's not um, that sense of side quest. There's not that sense of like gaming Mm -hmm. the game where you're like, okay, I got to talk to this guy, but then I got to do this thing. And if I jump up on this ledge, then I can Mm -hmm. miss this whole, like all that goes out the window because you're going from this one medium into something that is like they're both on a screen, but the differences kind of end there. Even yeah. with games getting more and more cinematic. It's the different like I'm, thing. I'm, it's totally different. Yeah, exactly. And the medium's still so young that mm-hmm. we're still trying to figure out how to adapt it when you think about it in terms of like Yeah. Like film is even a super young medium in, in relation to young. everything. Comics are video super games young. are video games super are incredibly young. young. Yeah. And trying to and the more I think about it, trying to smash all those things together is it's tough. A very, very, yeah. It's a that's a tricky, yeah, feat. So I'm cautiously optimistic for uh, Uncharted to be delightful. Um, might be fun, but might be fun. Yeah, I don't know. The new Indiana Jones. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll cap it off there. We won't get into Indiana Jones uh, territory whatsoever. Uh, but anyway, Slither, fun movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Check it out. Make sure to give it a watch. It's real dumb, real weird. Uh, if you like that sort of stuff, go for it. But uh, for thanks it. for listening to us ramble a little bit. We hope uh, your days are fun. Little. We hope your days going non episode, non yeah. non bonus. We hope yeah. We, we didn't do our usual soundscaping like at the whatever. No, we're just hanging out with you in your car yeah. or you doing dishes. So I hope that... Frames and Fools in your car. In your car. So I hope that your drive, wherever you're going, was really nice. I hope your dishes are clean. I hope your your room is clean. I hope whatever you're doing right now is finished. Your dinner is cooked. Is cooked, yeah. Your uh, sadness is um, relieved. pushed away. Yeah. We yeah. Hope, <laughs> we hope we could uh, give you a little bit of respite from uh, life for 30 minutes, so... Uh, how about how about that uh how about that election huh back was, to uh, real life <laughs> <Yeah>. goodbye <laughs> no more fantasy for you <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>